Hey there, friends. Welcome to the debut episode of Hey Kelly On Air. I'm Kelly McGuire, your host and fellow Messy Life Navigator. I am honored to have each and every one of you right here, right now, joining in on this exciting podcast journey. I couldn't be more thrilled to introduce our incredible special guest, the one and only Brandy Shea. Together, we are diving headfirst into the beautiful chaos of navigating life with an empty or limited toolbox. Life isn't always easy, but we'll explore the ups, the downs, and everything in between. So grab your favorite cozy beverage, settle in, and let's lean into the mess together. Okay, so good morning. Um, I'm so happy that you're here. You're um, an early morning guest, and so I know you do a lot of late nights and lots of driving. You love sleep. I know that about you, um, but you don't get a whole lot of sleep. No, I do not. Okay, so first of all, just because I think that it's so um, fun and unique about you. Well, I guess tell everybody your name, but then tell them what you do. (laughs) So my name is Brandy Shea, and I am a professional chauffeur. And to sum that up, um, I am your highly, very expensive paid designated driver. Yes, I love that for you, (laughs) which is especially fitting for you, um, this DD stuff, because you do not drink alcohol. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. I don't drink at so all. So when we say, there's more to that, but when we say the designated DD, you take that really seriously and you'll show up every time. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. Because it feels like all these little pieces of your life all tied together so nicely. So tell me about, you wear that hat. What other hats do you wear? A lot of hats. Yeah. So maybe give me your top five because we could be here for a while. Oh, sweet Jesus. Or the, the, the top five that you wear most frequently. How about that? Okay. Um, multitasker. Okay. Covers it all. Okay. Perfect. Um, so I work. Um, I'm a wife. I'm a mom. And yeah, I work. I'm a wife and I, I'm a okay, mom. Three. So we've covered it. That's the whole thing. Yeah. Really. Um, okay. So which hat do you find the most fulfillment in? Would you say you have one that you wear that you're like, wow, this was designed for me? None of them. Okay. Well, so being a chauffeur was definitely designed for me. Mm -hmm. Like it's the perfect job. Yeah, because I wish people could also see you. Um, We'll post a picture. But I wish that they could see when I look at you, I'm like, yeah, obviously she's the one who is driving the limousine. Yes. Right. Okay. Absolutely. You were designed for that. I agree. Yeah. I mean, most fulfilling is probably being a mom. It's also my most difficult and personally challenging for Ooh, me. Word. So. Okay. Then I can tell you changed a little there. So there's like, so did I. Did you see that? I had this like sigh of, uh-huh, I get that. Um, yep. Okay. And then wife for you, that's been complicated, but fulfilling. It, extremely. I am one of the few people that can say that I am extremely happy in my marriage mm-hmm. and I'm a very happily well-kept woman. Okay. Love that for you. Yeah. So, and my husband's fantastic. Um, He's not perfect, Mm -hmm. um, but he's pretty perfect for me. 
So it works out well. Drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. I'm sure most of the time I'd like to kill him. Yeah. But I love him. He's fantastic. And we work. Yeah. <laughs> so I love that you recognize that because I feel like... Oh, I didn't realize that was going to make me feel like this. Um, So the whole idea of not being a perfect spouse, but being perfect for you, like that's all that I want to be for somebody else. And hopefully that is, you know, exactly how my husband feels about me. How could he feel any different? (laughs) Right. Absolutely. No, I'm a mess. Um. But that's also how I feel in our situation. And and I feel like when you can sort of recognize that even when you're trying to grow together, you go through a lot of messy, messy stuff. And it's not to strive for perfection or to be this picture perfect, you know, relationship. It's to see each other and see the messy pieces and and still sort of like choose each other and embrace that. And I feel like from what I know about your life and what I I know about my own life, I'm also so thankful for my spouse um, because, yeah, everything's better with a a little built-in bestie. So Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. And somebody who just gets you. Because I don't know if he gets me. (laughs) There's a lot to get here. And I know there's a lot to get there. Um, Okay, so then tell me about Grace. So Grace, so I'm a mom of one, um, and she's pretty fantastic. Um, My husband and I talk about how we hit the jackpot Mm -hmm. in the kid department. And I know every parent says that, but literally, I did. Um, And him and I talk a lot about it. Um, We look at each other and go, how did we, of all people, get that? Um, Because my mother would tell you, um, she would, she told me the whole time I was growing up, uh, young adults. And and she said, if you have a child that is half as bad as you were, I will feel redeemed. (laughs) I'm so sorry she didn't get her wish. (laughs) Because my kid is, you know, when you have... You're so sorry. You're yeah, so sorry. Let me tell you, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, she is pretty um, pretty great. Um, and, and again, I have no idea how because um, my husband was... Now, his parents were married until the day his dad died. Um, but... His dad was like 17 years older than his mom. Mm. So he was raised by somebody in the silent generation Mm. and then someone who was barely a boomer. And so his perspective is a lot different than mine. Mm -hmm. Um, And although I was raised by a boomer, my mom is a hippie. Okay. Um, And just hippie leaning on anarchy with mix it with a whole bunch of mental health issues. So his toolbox and my toolbox are quite different. Um, I should say I have a toolbox, but it's empty. Um, My husband has tools in his toolbox. Um, 
So just to, you know, my daughter's fantastic. I have, um, I have adults that are my age that say to me that she has the type of work ethic they don't see in adults. Hmm. That tells me that I'm not just biased. It's I mean, real. It's, it's real. I mean, her teachers say this. My mom's a hippie. She still is a hippie. God help her. Um, and no offense to any hippies listening, um, but she's just very, um, I don't want to say free-spirited. Um, she has no boundaries. Hmm. Um, she has no boundaries, no filter. And then you add in a significant amount of mental health issues and trauma and you get a hot mess of a mom mm-hmm. and not even hot mess. Cause I'm a hot mess. I'm pretty sure I think you're a hot mess. Um, yes. Um, but she just wasn't, you know, there. You know what I think it is, is like, yes, absolutely hot mess. Yes, absolutely. Um, free spirited here mostly because if I, <laughs> focus on what I can control, I get like hyper obsessed with it. So what I do is I disassociate and I just act like "Mm, I've got no control. Life is what it is. We are going to roll with the punches. But I'm in the mental health. Yes. Um, Yes. (laughs) So Yes. Um, But I think that the difference there and what I know to be true about you as well is that there's also personal accountability there. And there is um, like when you say no boundaries, I feel like I try to keep to certain boundaries in order to protect other people from the hot mess that is me. Um, and what I found is when we kind of lovingly place these boundaries with other people there's actually more freedom to be exactly who you are. It's just about this basic respect. Um, and I think that's the difference. Does that make sense? Would you agree? It does. Agree? And I, I don't know that in terms of boundaries. So, yes, you know, in, in the typical sense, she doesn't hold boundaries. But for her, um, you know, I remember as a kid, my mom protesting Um, different things, especially, um, you know, I grew up in the 80s um, and she was big into the labor movement, Mm -hmm. except for that she didn't understand time and place for anything. Mm. Um, You know, there's a story running in my family that um, so my mom came from, I would consider a pretty well-off upper middle class family. And she happened to have be sitting at a dinner with Mayor Daly from Chicago. Okay. Um, shortly after, I believe it was the '68 riots in Chicago, the big protest. Mm-hmm. Um, she chose that dinner to tell him what she thought about that. Oh, okay. Um, and it was so she's an opportunist, though. No, 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 because that's really that that would take. Um, left is my coping mechanism, and same comments here and there. So, um, yeah, so she just doesn't, um, she didn't understand time and place Mm -hmm. for anything. And since I probably, I would say, although undiagnosed. 
I've been self-diagnosed. I'm pretty sure I have a fair amount of ADD, ADHD. Mm -hmm. Um, So she didn't give me any tools for that. Sure. um, Which was interesting. Um, Frankly, she didn't give me any tools um, because she just, you know, we talk about like, like I'm a classic Gen Xer. It just is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talk about that generation being feral because parents worked. Well, I was feral because my mom never left her room mm-hmm. and never left the couch because she was stricken by whether it was anxiety, depression, addiction to pills, laziness, whatever. I mean, just basic. She just like, I mean. She didn't teach us to shower. Hmm. I never learned how to clean house. And cleaning house is still a struggle to this day. And it's surprising these things that um, if you're not taught in your childhood, you can't just teach yourself. I literally have a housekeeper who has to come in. And I've gotten better over the years. And my husband has um, understood that. Unlike his mother's house, you will never be able to throw the pasta on the floor and eat it with a fork. <laughs> and I'm, I'm literally not kidding. She was a janitor. Okay. I'm not kidding. So does that mean that he's like overly qualified to do the cleaning in your house? No, not at all. Okay. okay. Because she did everything. Gotcha. Um, so, so just side note, some of the tools um, he doesn't have is... <laughs> These are the ones we're both missing. Um, His mother did everything until he was 25. Hmm. Did all his laundry, folded his laundry, put his laundry away, made his bed. So I'm just going to like take a stab at this and say um, that is not what you wanted to do for him when when you guys got married. I know for me, I was like, I love, I love that your mom took great care of you. She did a great job. She's a wonderful caretaker. And now, oh, she's she's such a loving and attentive grandma. And we have come full circle here. Um, but I remember I was like, I am 20 years old, um, still basically a child. And I just want you to know that the expectation is going to have to change because while I would love to do that for you, I also absolutely would not. I just cannot, cannot and will not. Um, and. Yeah, that was difficult for us in the beginning, but here we yeah. are. Yeah, mine, mine washes his own work uniforms now. Okay. Because I just, uh, for whatever reason, I, it wasn't on the front of my head and and he would, you know, I, and I understand it, get upset that, you know, I do all the laundry in the house and somehow his work uniform. And I finally, one day I said, babe, like it's one load. Mm-hmm. I need you to do it. Mm-hmm. And he does it every week. Usually it doesn't leave the dryer, um, never gets folded. He won't fold clothes. Okay. It's just not a thing. That's fine, but they're clean. Right. Um, and and I don't care whether they're clean or not. I don't go to work with him. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. So, and he, he works in a manufacturing facility with a bunch of guys. So I don't even care that they're clean. Um, what I care about is I don't need you to add to the list of things in my head that I should be doing that either I can't because I don't have the tools to do it. Mm-hmm. And I've struggled for, I'm, I'm pushing Because that's 50. real. 
that's that's real. the real struggle. The real struggle is not the overwhelm. It's it's that you're overwhelmed and lacking the tools Correct. to complete the task. So when you talk about um ADD, ADHD, so my brain, um and I've known this forever. <laughs> it's there's less of a stigma now as an adult um when we talk about kids with ADD, ADHD, um, I was the kid that was always in overdrive. Um, and either that was your favorite thing about me because I was doing everything for you and doing everything right and strived to do the best and could not turn my brain off till something was done wholly and completely. Or that is what just drove you wild. Um, and that impulse that I had um, could be used for good or evil, for lack of a better way of saying it. Um, but I know now, as I am discovering things about myself and just my executive functioning and and what makes me get through each day and through this overwhelm, it's very um, detailed task-oriented and list-oriented. And I can't imagine if I took the time to make the list and then was like, okay, but how do I do that? You know, so I can't, I can't imagine what that feels like to you to either feel like you need to figure out how you're going to do it, but also I'll take it a step farther, prepare your daughter to do these things later on because you're motivated, you know, you're motivated to make sure that she's not growing up the way that you grew up. And that's, that's a lot. That is a lot. And I think, number one, you need to give yourself a lot of freaking credit, which I'm glad you do with Grace. I'm glad that you take that and that you see that and that you're doing a great job. Number two, um, the people who know you, you show up for people. You are somebody that when I think of you, I think of you as a resource. I think of you as somebody who like loves people and loves them well and gets the job done. And so it's funny. I mean, funny, I don't know if that's the right word, but when you talk about this overwhelm, I would never guess that about you because I think, and maybe it's the, uh, maybe it's a front or maybe you've just put in the work to be able to do this. But when I look at you, yeah, we talk about how we're hot messes um, and really all of us are, but really I think you're doing such a good job. Well, I, I will say that I'm Oscar worthy. Okay. A lot of it is really it's just me putting forward. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when I go back to the things that I didn't learn, I didn't learn social cues. Mm. I was quite awkward growing up. Mm -hmm. Um, and that subjected me to a whole, that's a whole nother episode. Okay. Can't wait. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, so, you know, a lot of what goes on with me is literally in my head. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of self-coaching. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm I'm pretty sure God's extremely overwhelmed when he just sits and pays attention to just what's in my little head, mm -hmm. um, which I'm really glad that he's got so much bigger things to deal with than me. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's it's a lot of self-coaching. 
But you say that, but really he's like, go Brandy, go Brandy, go Brandy. I don't know. I might be his personal sitcom. <laughs> Maybe you're the voice in his head. <laughs> it, it may be. So, but I, I do. And I do show up for people because my mom never did. Mm-hmm. And the times that my mom did show up, she shouldn't have. Um, I was a, I was a hellion growing up. Um, you know, just everything from alcohol and substance abuse started when I was 13, um, being um, very sexually active very early, mm-hmm. um, failing grades despite my genius IQ, <laughs> um, and just in and out of mental hospitals. I was sent away to a children's home for a year. Um, I I spent three birthdays in a row institutionalized. That was from the time I was 13 until I was 17 um, because my mom couldn't handle me. And what years? 13 to 17? Yeah. I mean, I, I spent my... F- 15th, 16th, and 17th birthday, either in an institution or a psychiatric hospital, because she couldn't handle me. But the truth is, the reason she couldn't handle me, and not to place blame, because that's not how I roll. I'm big on personal responsibility. And I think outside of cer- certain systematic issues that we have. Most people can do a certain amount of lifting themselves up by their bootstraps. Mm. And I'm that kind of person. Like calls to like. (laughs) Right. And I just, but she never gave me, I had, I had issues. I endured abuse from a very young age, um, some of which she allowed to happen. Mm. Some happened because of the choices that she made. And this is kind of, you know, what culminated into some really rough teenage years that she couldn't handle. And instead of facing the task and parenting, she opted to essentially lock me up every chance she had, which then put me into forced therapy. Let me tell you how well that works, because to this day, I could probably use some therapy. I'm not doing it. It's not going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> because it was not presented in a healthy manner. Yeah. And it was not. Yeah. And you know what? Um, I hate to say it, your age, but I think a lot of people your age would agree with that, because I also think that later on, um. There was less of a stigma, more options available, more help. And when you talk about personal responsibility, I feel like adults and and children, the expectation is different now. And it's not, there's more accountability and there is more. Now, that's not to say that everybody gets it right because they do not get it right. Um, right. But I feel like my relationship with therapy is going to be different than yours and that honestly, my children's relationship with therapy is even 100% healthier than my my own experience, which was not healthy as a child, but very healthy as an adult. Um, okay, so last thing here, because we are um, 
we could talk forever. Um, right? I would just love to hear. I'm sitting here thinking about you and how you were talking about, you know, I said, I know you show up for people. I know that you're saying you like to show up for people and why that is. Um, who shows up for you? And do you receive that well? Because I know I'm somebody that shows up for people. Um, but I'm working on how to receive that well. Probably the person who shows up the most for me and he doesn't even know it mm -hmm. is my husband. Mm -hmm. He has filled in gaps that I don't even think he knows he fills. <laughs> um, and And that's funny because so we talk about everything that's in my head, 98% mm -hmm. of that is not shared with my husband. But he's kind of figured out where he needs to fit. Mm -hmm. And he's kind of adapted. And there are some days that I, I can tell he's not catching the vibe of the day. Mm -hmm. And I will say to him, this is where I, like, babe, I need you to just, you have to take this, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't say that often to him because I know that I can also revert to old behaviors mm -hmm. and really take advantage of that. So he knows when I say I cannot, he knows he has to. But that's few and far between. But he's he shows up for me more than he probably has any idea. So which is what what works, which is why I'm an extremely happily married woman. Sure. <laughs> um, so and if anything happens to him, I'm screwed. So whatever. <laughs> I have a basement that people regularly move into. Nice. I'm a great cheerleader. I'm a great um, cheer you on person. So then I will show up for you if if that happens. God forbid it does not. Um, I'm here for you. Um, okay, cool. Well, thank you for being here. You're I welcome. feel like there's still so much more to talk about. And um, a lot of it is deep stuff that I can't wait to share with people because I think, too, that we connect on more levels than you would even know um, with some of that deep hard stuff. Uh, and I can tell after talking with you today, not only do you talk the talk and walk the walk, um, like this is very real and it's raw. And while I'm sorry that you've experienced it, and I, I'm sorry that I've experienced certain things, I'm so glad to hopefully use this platform to help people crawl out of the trenches of whatever life is throwing at them. Um, and yeah, there's a lot there and I can't wait to talk more. <laughs> so, there is a lot. Yes. Thank you for being here. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Make sure to click the link in the description or head over to heykellymcguire.com for the coordinating blog post packed with valuable resources. 
And remember to subscribe to our email list for updates and even a special downloadable freebie as a thank you. Stay tuned for new episodes dropping every Friday. Let's embrace this beautiful mess of life, find joy in the journey, and support each other along the way. Thank you for joining me, and I can't wait to connect with you again soon.